To all the Gaysians and people of other persuasions, you're listening to Memoirs of a Gaysian, the podcast hosted by me, Peter Perry Lamb, and I have a great episode lined up for you today. Later on, we'll hear my interview with Michelle McSweeney, a resident here in New York City. She works in the social media tech space. She's a professor, and she's a lesbian who happens to be a doctor of linguistics. Wow. Didn't know that was a thing. I personally have a strong connection to language and etymology, so I kind of geeked out over the fact that she has a doctorate in linguistics. But let's let's reel back uh, a bit here. She's a lesbian, and she's going to tell me about all the different categories of lesbians. Let it be known, I thought there were two. Lipstick and butch. There are apparently upwards of 17. World was shooketh when I found that out. I can't wait for you to find out about all those different categories with me, unless you already happen to know all of them, which I'd be surprised if you did, uh, anyone that was listening to this podcast. Anyways, before we move on to that, I want to start today's episode off with a blip in gay culture, pop culture, politics, however you want to put it. Yes, so there's a music festival out in the desert called Coachella in California. Uh, You may or may not know it, but the kids go out there, they listen to, you know, EDM and and Ariana Grande, which lived for her set, just saying. And yeah, they have a lot of fun out there. So a former GOP congressman, namely Aaron Schock, was pictured with a gaggle of gays in the desert sun, shirtless, just living his best damn life, and then later on videoed kissing and fondling another lovely, what I would assume, gay man. Aaron Schock, in his former career as congressman, has been very, very much so anti-gay rights, uh, most known for voting against Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So here's where we stand. How do we feel about that? I'm just saying I am not here for him, and nope, you can just go back into uh, your dark little closet and, yeah, un- until you do right by this community. I'm more angry that the f- by the fact that he feels that he has afforded the luxury of being out and about and, you know, living his best damn gay gay life in Coachella and not having had the moment to apologize to the community that he's done wrong by. I get it if you if you were, you know trying to figure out your homosexuality uh, while you were in office and maybe you had a super religious background and, and you just weren't, you weren't with it. But now you're clearly living your best damn life. The fact that you think you can do that is just so infuriating. Enough about Aaron Shock. Let's move on to the gaggle of gays that he was pictured with. So we live in a time where cancel culture is very much so a thing. And people are coming for these gays that he was pictured with. And I get it because at first I felt the same way. I I wanted to be like, dude, be more informed. Know who you're talking to. Um, 
stand with your community, blah, 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 blah. But after thinking and reflecting more on it, they were at Coachella. They were in the desert. They were probably drinking. They were probably, you know, doing other things. And they probably didn't know who he was because truth be told, I didn't know who Aaron Shock was before all of this uh, Coachella business came out. And I am giving uh, those gentlemen the benefit of the doubt and thinking that they are in the same boat. And uh, the couple uh, has come out with a statement that was pictured with them saying that they didn't know who he was and they apologize and that they're, you know, very much so active in the gay community from where, uh, from where they are. And, and they apologized and said that they didn't know who he was and they were just trying to be friendly. And I get that. I totally do. All this is to say, let's give them a break, but also know more about what's going on um, politically in terms of our LGBTQIA community. You know, they're, they're, the story of a closeted homosexual uh, in politics voting against his community uh, is not a new story. It, it's been done. But really what I want to say is that with the upcoming presidential election and a certain Mayor Pete uh, being an openly uh, gay candidate, there's there's some sort of excitement there. I, I want... Not that I'm saying that I'm, I'm fully supportive and I don't have all the facts yet, so I'm still forming my own opinion about it, but it's super exciting to me that we live in a world where this is even a possibility, and it's because of this dark place that we're in right now that we are able to see the light in a candidate that is openly gay. Who's to say what's going to happen? I, I have no foresight on that, but... I know I'm super excited and I will continue to inform myself and I hope that you will do the same. All right. With that, we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to learn about lesbians with Michelle McSweeney. I'm super excited. Again, my mind was blown upwards of 17 categories. What? Are there that many categories of gays? Uh, I, I can't even, I think I can think of like five. Oh my gosh. All right. Quick break. Stay tuned. And we're back, and I have my guest, Michelle McSweeney. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. Um, okay, so let's start with the at the very beginning. Uh, it's a very good place to start, as Julie Andrews once said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you do? So we're in New York City. So how did you get here? Why did you come here? And what do you do now? So I am the director of data quality at Conversion AI, which is a social media analytics company. What that means is I do a lot of like cool natural language processing stuff. I build machine learning classifiers. Um, So think like we read the internet and we annotate it with sentiment. Okay. Yeah. Cool, right? Cool. Robots are going to take over the world. They are. (laughs) They are. We try to keep the humans in the loop a little bit, but yeah, they're probably taking over. At least my job. Oh, Um, man. I also teach statistics at Pratt. So I teach data analysis and data visualization. And what, where did you get your degree and what was your degree in? So my PhD is in linguistics oh. um, and interactive technology and pedagogy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wrote my dissertation on text messaging. 
Uh, which actually, let's bring this back to <laughs> your own podcast that you host. Yes, I do have a podcast called Subtext that I co-host with Sarah Ellis, where we break down digital dating and what all of those smiley faces and punctuation marks mean. And just shameless plugging, I was totally featured on an episode of Subtext, uh, and on that episode we discussed Insta crushes. We did. That is actually one of our most popular episodes. Everyone yes. has locked down their Instagram from it. <laughs> All thanks to you. Uh, I feel like I've served the people then. I'm, my work yeah. is done. Yeah. <laughs> so I personally um, have a strong interest in um, etymology. So really kind of where words come from and like what language they derive from and all that. But I'm assuming linguistics goes further than that, of course. So like, you know, everyday use and... Um, I don't know, you can tell us more about linguistics. Yeah, much <laughs> further. Um, when I started linguistics, I was actually looking at the structure of language. Mm -hmm. So, like, the math of language. How do pieces go together and logical entailments. Like, if something is large, it must also be medium. Okay. You know, so, like, these entailments and, like, how you can put the pieces together and how it all, how you build sentences, how it all comes together. Isn't it crazy that people just learn how to talk and, like, you never really think about the sciences behind it, right? As humans, we just learn how to communicate and we figure it out. Absolutely. One way or another. And to go further and think about the science behind all of it, the fact that you mentioned there's math behind language and <laughs> linguistics, I'm like, what math? What does that have to do with this? I'm not into that. But, um, yeah, it's crazy to me. Yeah, it's amazing, truly. Um, and we still don't know. I mean, we have no idea how babies learn language. Yeah. That's an open question. There's some theories. What's, like, the, the weirdest theory? The weirdest theory? Yeah. Um, the weirdest is also probably the truest. Okay. And the most interesting but kind of creepy. So you might want to cover your ears. <laughs> and expecting <laughs> parents, uh, this is how your babies learn language. Maybe you don't want to know. <laughs> right? So we think one of the theories is that there's many, many pathways that get pruned back. Mm -hmm. um, so we think that with exposure, there's reinforcement to this type of pathway. Maybe you speak a language where your adjectives come before your nouns, mm -hmm. the blue car, as opposed to a language that the adjectives come after the nouns, the car blue. Oh. Totally allowed in a lot of languages. Yeah. Actually necessary. Mm -hmm. But you as a baby don't know that. You just know what you hear over and over again. So those pathways get reinforced when they hear something, and if they never hear something, then they get pruned back. Okay. This is the same way that cats get vision. Oh. So, yeah, this is how we know this from, like, cat experiments on how cats develop vision. Wow. Yeah. So we what know, a weird tie-in. Yeah. So we know that this is a mechanism mm -hmm. that the brain works through. So we know that there's a reinforcement and a pruning, and we think that that could be one way that babies learn language. Interesting. Yeah, cool. Learn something new every day. I feel like if I look at a baby now, I'd be like, are you are you doing this right now? What, what's going on? Oh, man. I do not interact with babies well. I'm like, can you see me yet? <laughs> do you find yourself, like, since you have this background in linguistics, do you find yourself constantly analyzing people when you're talking to them? Or do you have to, like, turn that off? No, I don't because I have friends. <laughs> well, that's good if someone asks me to analyze their language absolutely give me your text messages Perfect. like let me listen in 
but no, I keep good boundaries. That's good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a performer and mm-hmm. I, I sing, and I know when I, like, it's so hard for me to turn off that critical ear when I'm listening to people. Mm. Like, I always say the first two weeks of American Idol are really hard for me to <laughs> get through. Like, I just can't. Like, it, it's like a visceral thing for me. I'm just like, no, you sound terrible. <laughs> no one should listen to this. But I support everybody singing. Everyone should sing. It's great. So do you critique the radio? <laughs> Um, I don't listen to the radio all that much anymore, but do I, I guess I critique like when I'm listening to Spotify. Yeah, sure. I do. Yeah. I don't really get, you know, like certain singers that people are all about. So I'm like, yeah, Lana Del Rey, who? Like why? <laughs> Absolutely. Call me maybe. Yeah. Oh, well that's Carly Rae Jepsen. And <laughs> oh, I love, sorry. <laughs> Gosh. I love her on a, a very gay level in the sense that she's just producing very gay friendly music and yes. I'm into that. Delightful. <laughs> exactly. Um, Okay. So, I mean, speaking about gay things, and um, let's let's dig a little deeper into um, kind of what the next segment's going to be. When we come back from a break, Mm -hmm. you you identify as... I identify as a lesbian. As a lesbian. You are happily partnered. Happily married for four years this month. Congratulations. Thanks. That's so exciting. So, I recently found out that there are more than just two types of lesbians, and I... I identified those as lipstick and butch. Those were the two that I knew of um, that I still only currently know of. Uh, and I know in the gay community, there's a plethora of uh, terms and um, you know typings for, for us gays. So I like I said, I recently learned there's more than two, and you are going to tell me a lot of those others. I am going to tell you a lot of those others. But first, I'm also going to say that when I was a young lesbian growing up in the Midwest, <laughs> I also thought there were only two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a young lesbian in the Midwest. Yeah, it was rough. I imagine. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you made it to New York. I made it to New York. So you're killing it. <laughs> Story ends well. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick little break. And then when we come back, I'm going to learn about all the lesbians. Awesome. And we're back again with my guest, Michelle McSweeney, as a proud lesbian here in New York City. She is going to tell me, I don't know, I guess a naive gay in New York City, (laughs) uh, about all the different types of lesbians. So I have to say, when I was doing research for this episode, um, I found out there were 17. 17! 17! When my wife and I sat down to like make a list, because I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to talk about like all the different types of lesbians. Let's make a list. Um, we came up with six. Okay. <laughs> six? <laughs> then, more than I thought, still. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've been married for a while, and we've been together longer, so, mm-hmm. but still. Yeah, 17. So you already mentioned the lipstick or the femme lesbian. Yes, Um, yes, okay. So I'm going to tell you a little story. All right. I recently went to L.A. Okay. And I was visiting a friend, another lesbian, and her, like, happy partner. They're great, wonderful. They look a lot like me. They present very, like, on the femme side. Not high femme, but on the femme side. Okay. And they pointed out two women across the bar that were lesbians. And I was like, no, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, look at the nails and the heel. Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, no, no, no. This is a lesbian bar. And I was like, you're kidding me. I looked around the bar and everyone, per New York standards, would have been a lipstick, high femme lesbian. 
And high femme just means like hyper, like femme. Hyper, yeah. Okay. It's like the, uh, it's the highest lipstick you can get. Got it. So high femme in my parlance, in my culture, is typically a woman who wears heels. She really does it up with the hair and mm-hmm. the dresses and the whole bit. Okay. Like not just for special events, but like every single day. Got it. It is wonderful to behold. That anyone keeps up that much maintenance. <laughs> I try, but I fail some days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just not practical on the subway. <laughs> I've seen people do it on the subway. No, me too. There's a woman that I see every morning on the subway, and it's an art. Maybe she's a high femme. Maybe. You would never know. In seven stops, she goes from drab to fab. It's wonderful wow. to see. <laughs> impressive. It's very impressive. <laughs> Um, So the other side of lipstick lesbians is butch. Okay, yep. And, like, I think we all know butch or also called studs. Okay. Also called diesel dykes. Oh. Per this list. See, Um, if I said that, I feel like I'd be offending somebody. Yeah. I don't think I'm allowed to say that. I don't think you're allowed to say that. Okay, great. Now that we know. You're probably also not allowed to say bull dyke. See, that doesn't sound as offensive, but what is Really? That? I don't know. The bowl doesn't sound as, as offensive. Interesting. Like, to my ears, it sounds offensive, but I'm, it's interesting that it doesn't to yours. Well, you know, I have the same problem with the, the C word sometimes. Because mm. in certain settings, I can drop it, and it's not like... It's actually a compliment. Right. As in, like, if I'm watching a drag, drag queen, like, do something, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's very... Bleep. Um, <laughs> but, like, in any other setting, if I was in a different audience using it in the same way, right. um, it would come off as very, you know, not so great. Not not quite what you're looking for. <laughs> not quite, yeah. And it wouldn't land as well. No. Um, I think yeah. Diesel Dyke and uh, Bull Dyke both fall into that category. Okay. Typically, from my experience of the bars in the Midwest and New York City, mm-hmm. not the bars in L.A. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> where everyone is super femme. Um... Women who would self-identify as being either very, very butch or studs or diesel dykes potentially would be very proud of that label. If they're self-identifying, they're going to be proud of that label. Great. As you should be proud of whatever label you have, right? Exactly. That you're putting upon yourself. Exactly. Love Um, So once we get out of there, it gets a little bit more interesting. Okay. So there is the stone butch Lesbian. Stone butch lesbian. Yes. Okay. Um, which this one has a lot to do with the bedroom. Oh. So this is a um, sexual preference in terms of sexual acts. Okay. All right. Typically a stone butch is defined as someone who doesn't want to be touched. What? Who will do all the touching. Oh, got it. Just yeah. more, okay, they yeah. don't want to be touched, but they'll do all the touching. Got it. Yes. Okay, interesting. Yeah, right? It's Why? Like stone as in stone cold? I think it comes from stone cold. Okay, interesting. There's also another form of butch, which is the, this list calls it something else, but I call it the Ellen butch. The Ellen butch. The degenerates, if you will. The degenerates. <laughs> exactly. So, she's a degenerates. I love that. Right? Which um, is also called a chapstick or a soft butch or a stem lesbian. I don't think stem lesbian is used on the East Coast. What does stem mean? It means the same thing. Okay. Why stem? Do you know? No, I have no idea. Okay. I thought a lot, maybe it was because of stem cells, 
But I used to... That's where my mind went, but I was like, I don't know how to connect that, but sure. Well, yeah, because, like, stem cells are the origin, and it's, like, the beginning, and, like, kind of the quintessential, quote-unquote, even though I hate that because, like, I definitely am not a, like, I don't think I could call myself a chapstick lesbian or a soft butch. Okay, yeah. Like, I'm... I'm I don't... I mean, I would have never really put the word butch... With yeah. your type no. in lesbian either, so. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Like, she wears pants, but, you yeah. know. I also wear skirts sometimes. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and I have, like, too much hair now. I don't know. Um, so the soft butch is the Ellen DeGeneres butch. Okay. Some might say that my wife could be categorized at the, as this. Um, I haven't seen your wife, so... I, right. But, uh, she wears um, when we dress up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this, I think, is defined by, like, when you dress up to go yeah. to, like, weddings mm-hmm. and things. Like, I what are you going to wear to a wedding? For me, I'm going to put on a dress. I'm going to put on makeup. I'm going to put on some fancy earrings. Got it. Right? For my wife, she's going to put on a fitted suit. Okay. And if it's summer, she'll wear a vest, because that looks cute on women. Yep. And if it's winter, she'll wear, like, a straight-up suit. All right. And typically a bow tie. Sounds like, lovely. She's short, so long ties don't quite work. Yeah. So, But she's definitely not butch at all. So what would she be? Oh, the, She'd probably she's be. She's the chapstick yeah, lesbian. Yeah, she's a chapstick lesbian. Got it. Okay. Butch. Yeah. Um, so if you saw her at a bar, that's what you would probably um, call her. But when we met, she probably wanted to be called a boy. A boy. B-O-I. Oh. Yeah. That is some, like, AOL Instant Messenger spelling. Oh, yes. B-O-I. Yes. (laughs) And some, like, language play. Um, So I'm going, I personally would reserve the term boy for a young lesbian who I see at the bar who's, like, cute and andro, typically petite. Andro meaning androgynous. Androgynous, yeah. Got it. Um, typically, like, just very cute. Yeah. Like, very young and cute. I think once you're past 30, pulling off boy isn't cute anymore. Mm, okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so it's cute. like the old twink. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. I didn't know if I could say twink. You can say twink. Twink okay. is fine. Yeah, yeah, Awesome. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of like the female version of a twink in my parlance. Okay, got it. So that might not be the same in other people's breakdown, mm-hmm. because these are a lot of categories for a very small population. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. And like a lot of things, I think they're kind of fluid. Yeah. Um, so like there, this list also gives us the emo lesbian. The emo lesbian. Yeah, this is one that didn't make my list. <laughs> and not even a little bit. I was like, I've never heard of that. Um, and it's just someone who's emo. <laughs> <laughs> Just someone who's emo. Okay. Yeah, Just a lesbian who's emo. Yeah, exactly. All right. Like, and, you know, a lesbian that listens to, I don't know, Avril Lavigne? Evanescence? Yeah. I, you know, your music repertoire is far greater than mine. <laughs> Fair enough. So probably. All right. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. And wears a lot of black and wears probably a, black. a lot of black eyeliner. All right. I would guess, but I'm not really sure. The um, has-been, though, which... Has-been? <laughs> Oh, has no. been. Okay. Um, so if you've watched The L Word. I've, okay, I've seen like two episodes. I really want to watch more of it. Okay. Well, there is a character who is with Bet. Okay. So Bet's partner is with her. And she, you know, they're together. They have a baby. It's really great, wonderful domestic life. And then Bet's partner decides to leave. 
Oh. Yeah, isn't that sad? That is sad. And then she gets with a man. Oh. Oh, yeah. Flipping of the script. Yes. She would be defined as a has-been. I think that's a rude definition. Oh. Mm-hmm. Was so a yeah. I would call that once-been. I've, oh. I've used that term before. Have you? But I've used it in the way that, like, oh, there was that, you know, that two months uh, period that in college where she was a once-been. Oh, there's a, co- there's a college one, too. Oh, okay, because great. Because I would have called, like, I would have said, well... Um, she was experimenting. Yeah, of course. That's what I really would have said. I wouldn't have put a label on that. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, no, don't trust her. She's experimenting. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. I don't even think she deserves the, like, lesbian title because it's very dangerous, sticky trap you yeah. get into there. Anyhow, so has-been, but there's also the lug lesbian. The lug lesbian, okay. <laughs> Which is, I think, a subcategory of the has-been. Yeah. And the lug being lesbian until graduation. Dad, I love a good <laughs> acronym. Right? Lesbian until graduation. Yeah, so. Cute. This also did not make my list, but also very cute, right? I love that. Yeah. I want to find some way to uh, use that in everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I think we're both probably too old to really be able to use that in this everyday life. This is true. Life. I don't really come across any <laughs> lesbians. Uh, I mean, you can mentor. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'll go to a student campus. Hey, lug, any lugs any around? Lugs around? <laughs> Starting a lugs club. <laughs> lugs and hugs. Anybody? <laughs> hugs yeah, for what, lugs. <laughs> what would be the gay version of that? Um, hmm... It wouldn't be Gug. That's no, horrible. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> really, really bad. I'm trying to think if we have anything like that. I mean, we have, like, Gay by May. Oh, um, You know what okay. I mean? Like, yeah. if they're closeted in college, and then it's, like, by May, you know, and yeah. by the time they graduate, Gay by May. It's yeah. like, oh, they'll graduate, they'll, and they'll come right on out. Right. Uh, I they'll feel they're, free. They'll feel free, exactly. Um, I went to a Catholic university, and there are definitely a couple of those Gay by Mays. Maybe not May, maybe September, maybe <laughs> October, but... You totally. know, same idea. <laughs> same idea. It doesn't rhyme as well. It doesn't rhyme as well. <laughs> well, there's also, on the other side of that, the power lesbian. Okay. I feel like I know this one. Yes, definitely. This is bet on the L word. Okay. Um, this is, like, what I aspire to in life. I mean, don't we all kind of yeah, aspire right? to be the power lesbian? <laughs> For real. Like, Just, I, like, give no fucks whatsoever. Give no fucks and you're the CEO of something. Yes. It's like if Miranda Priestly was a lesbian. Exactly. We know the power lesbian. We yes. also know the sport dyke. Sport dyke. Okay. So, um, I don't know if you know, but Women's World Cup is this summer in it's France. It's at soccer. soccer. Okay. Yeah. i soccer. Wrong audience. But That's quite all right. The fact that I got it with soccer is... <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed, too. <laughs> I uh, do not watch the Men's World Cup, but I, um, since getting married, now watch the Women's World Cup. Okay. Um, every four years. So, you might note that right when we got... Married, we spent our honeymoon watching the Women's World Cup. That sounds like a very one-sided honeymoon. That, you know, we also got to do a lot of diving. Okay. Yeah, one-sided. Anyhow. So, the sport dyke, one of the best um, activities to do while watching the Women's World Cup is try to figure out who's gay. It's really not very nice. Oh, like who who are the players? Oh, interesting. Okay. Because it is a high concentration of lesbians. I, I imagine so. Right? Yeah. And, like, it's kind of hard to tell. Okay. Um, but the sport dyke would also be someone who's very interested in sports. Okay. And I think we all know this lesbian. And I think she overlaps with some of the others. Yeah. So this could be like a subcategory almost. Right. Like a, 
blank and sport dyke. Yes, like chapstick lesbian and sport dyke. Okay, I think those go together really, really well. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah, high femme and sport dyke. That's an interesting person. That is an interesting person. I would like to get to know her. Yeah, me too. Outside of a sports bar. (laughs) Maybe at a a bar, a nice bar. (laughs) You know, they do play the Women's World Cup at Stonewall. Do they? Yeah, that's where I watched it first. Well, there you go. Look at that. Yeah, who knew? I don't frequent Stonewall very often. Neither do I. I've gone like twice in my time in New York. It's crazy. I've been here. How many years is that? Nine years. I know. (laughs) We've been here the same amount of time. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I moved here from Pennsylvania. Nice. uh, About nine years ago. I moved here from Uganda nine years ago. So you win in Mm. the move. (laughs) (laughs) Before that, I was in Michigan, so it's pretty much the same. Anyhow, so continuing on in our, like, long list of lesbians, yes. there's also the baby dyke. The baby dyke, okay. Now, this was on my list, and I have to say, quite embarrassingly, I probably shouldn't admit this as a full-grown adult, but the baby dyke is, like, a sought-after woman at the bar. Like, what's Because she's young, and she's cute, and she's less edgy than a boy. She's probably newly out. Newly out, okay. But, like, so clearly fresh. gay. Okay. Not, like, experimenting, trying to figure herself out. Mm-hmm. But, like, newly out, very young, generally very cute. Okay, so in in gay terms, I think we have what we would call the gaby. Right? Yes. Yeah. Totally. But in my world, the gaby is, like, you know, someone in middle school where it's like, oh, honey, you'll figure <laughs> it out. It, it'll come. Yeah, you're going to be those girls' best friends in a few years. You'll be, you'll be fine here. Um, so not so much in the bar scene would I ever use the term gaby, but right. interesting that so, yeah, uh, baby dyke. I think that um, I actually have no idea the average age that gay men come out and gay women come out. I mean, I can speak to my own coming out. I, I came out at 17. Okay. Like just before I turned 18. I came out twice. 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 Once was 14. Okay. And then again when I was like 26. Interesting. Yeah. Just to family, different parts of the family or uh, no. friends and family? Went, was out, went back in. Long story. Ooh. Tried to marry a man. Oh. Yeah. Long stories. Wow. Yeah. We can have that conversation. Yeah, not, not, not here. here. Not <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because we need to get to the most important lesbian. Okay. Which is definitely the one who makes all of the lists. Okay. And this is the gold star lesbian. Gold star lesbian. Is that the same thing as gold star gay? Probably. Like never been with the opposite sex. Yes. Got so it. a gold star lesbian I think is probably harder to find mm-hmm. than a gold star gay. Yeah, well, just because of um, social stigmas and culture. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, women are just so groomed to end up with men. Yes. So, yeah, I I imagine it would be much harder. You know, do you guys also have platinum lesbian? No. Oh, there's a platinum gay. Is there? What is a platinum? (laughs) Platinum gay is a gay that has never been with the opposite sex um, and was also a C-section baby. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I am a proud platinum gay. I don't think my mother is all that happy about it, but... (laughs) Well, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I actually have that on all my dating profiles. (laughs) I don't know if it makes sense for a lesbian. Yeah, probably not. Not as much. Especially since they're kind of in that area anyway. Unless, like, conceived by donor sperm? Huh. No, because you still kind of... Yeah, uh, it's yeah, weird. It doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't there no translation. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. All right. <laughs> so close to the gold star is the lone star. Okay, lone star. Which I thought was... Texas? A, 
<laughs> Excellent. No, but close. Okay. Um, so I hadn't heard of this one either, but the Lone Star is the gold star's, like, almost. Has been with a man, but once and only once. Got it. Like, one and done. One okay. and done. Uh, yeah, tried that. Not, Not for me. me. Okay. Got totally. it. Totally. Um, and the rest of them, I think, are really just um, subcategories. Mm-hmm. We have, like, the blue jeans lesbian, well... Okay, this is just a femme woman who likes to wear jeans. Oh, okay. I feel like this is like... Who doesn't like to wear jeans? Exactly. Yeah. yeah Comfortable. Like, you can dress them up. You can dress them down. Right? It's just a sensible piece of clothing. Exactly. Very flexible. You can, like, do anything in jeans. Exactly. So I don't think that that's a real category, but okay. I think it's really cute that they tried to be super inclusive here. Yeah. Um, the activist lesbian. Now, there is something to be said about the activist slash vegan hippie lesbian. Okay. The crunchy um, lesbian. Crunchy lesbian, mm-hmm. yes. When I was um, in the Midwest, I was definitely a crunchy lesbian. You were just, like, aching to be in New York, that's all. I was dying <laughs> to be in New York. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so dying. You were just adding all that extra crunch just so you can get to the East Coast. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think that there's a lot to be said about the relationship between vegans and activists mm-hmm. um, and marginalized populations. Yeah, those definitely all connect. Because you don't want to live your life marginalizing anyone else, mm-hmm. knowing what it feels like. Yeah. So I think that this is a pretty common category of person. Yeah, especially in the current yeah. times. Current, exactly. Uh, political environment. Our sociopolitical moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> and then the very last one is also one I take a little like critique to, and it's the pillow queen lesbian. Um, this guess. yeah so she should find herself a stone butch okay why is that oh okay, stone butch remi- uh, let me remind myself it's uh, the lesbian that will do all the touching but doesn't want to be touched exactly got it so this is the lesbian who wants to do all the touching and or none, wants to get all the touching and none of the work yes oh so there'd be a perfect pair perfect pair yeah, yeah. like See, I would call that the like the la- the lazy bottom <laughs> or the lazy top in my world <laughs> But it's like, you're just going to lay there? Okay. Well, great. All right. I well, guess. somebody's into that. <laughs> there, somebody. Uh, not I. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. And that's all of them? That's all of them. I love how I say that's all of them when I really, really knew of two so yeah. before this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I came up with six. I'm. This is just crazy to me. I, I know. Feel, I feel like, I mean, I still haven't really... I don't really know that many lesbians, truthfully. Uh, and as you know, there's like kind of this unspoken, like, there's, I don't know, like, there's order. a wall. There's a wall between gays and yeah. lesbians. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just there. I'm a member of a really active running club. Is it called Front Runners? It is. I went on a date with a guy that uh, <laughs> is in Front Runners <laughs> <Awesome>. recently. <laughs> I haven't been there in a long time, so. Got it. But that's the only place that I really interact with gay men. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just strange. And yeah. like, I mean, in the few times you've gone to Stonewall, I know that the, the line is a little more blurry there. Like, right. everyone kind of meets in the middle there. So Yeah, and, in, and in the Midwest, too, I have yeah. to say. Well, there's less spaces, less queer spaces. So, exactly. like, you kind of congregate where you can, right? Exactly. And if you're a straight person who doesn't feel like you fit into mainstream society, mm-hmm. you probably also end up at the queer spaces. Yeah, and then become lovely allies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know what that, that, that border is, but, or that uh, wall between the gays and lesbians are. And I, I don't mean to. Like, I have nothing against lesbians, but it's hilarious that we also put on each other, like, 
there, of course, there's these labels, but there's also these stigmas that each group puts upon each other. It's like, right. you know, you're like, oh, I need I need something built. Let me call one of my lesbian friends. Or it's like, <laughs> right. I'm like ooh, flannel, looking lesbian chic today. Um, which I do love flannel. Uh, so <laughs> and I have to say that I don't. See, look at that. I know. Just a stigma that doesn't necessarily need to be there. But yeah. I feel like there's also, on like, on the other end of it, like, probably... What, what would lesbians say about, uh, say about gays? Yeah, so I think that there, you're touching on something I think is super interesting about it, that, like, we're both don't totally fit into the gender that's socialized into us. Ah, okay. Like, and a lot of people externally try to put that gender onto us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I don't want to identify as being super femme, because, you know, I present somewhat femme, but I don't want people to think of me as a super feminine woman. Yeah. So I'm going to put on me these masculine characteristics. And, like, I'm going to ascribe to my gay friends these feminine characteristics. Yeah. Possibly to differentiate myself in that context, you know? Yeah, kind of like maybe to quote-unquote prove something. Right, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Got like, it. And to say, okay, I'm different because I'm in a female body with masculine characteristics. Yeah. Which is wildly different than being trans. Yes. Wildly. We haven't even dipped into those waters. And (laughs) I just want to, like, put that out there that, like, that's not what I think is driving that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's that, like, tension with the gender identity, even though I fully identify as a cisgendered woman. And I fully identify as cisgender male. So, yeah. Right. Um, You know, I think it's really interesting that we're discussing this, especially since we're, I mean, we're pretty much in the same generation of, of queer people, definitely. right? Yeah, we're definitely, yeah, we're definitely <laughs> yeah. in the same generation of queer people. And it's interesting because now if you, like, uh, listen to people that are growing up now and coming mm-hmm. out as queer, gender is such a fluid thing. Oh, my goodness. It's like you can have a hyper, hyper-masked female, a hyper-femme male, you can have non-binary, and that part of the conversation is just kind of not there anymore. And it's so interesting. So interesting. I'm like, these definitions for lesbians are largely related to, like, gender presentation or Mm -hmm. gender performance. Yeah. Right? And I don't think that the younger generation has to have all of these, like, differentiations in the same way because of this. Which is so cool to me. Yeah, right? I I mean, I know... My, some of my friends and people that are a little bit older than me are having a hard time kind of like confi- reconfiguring that type of um, yeah. uh, frame of mind mm-hmm. to get to the lingo. But I think it's just super cool that some of these phrases that we've or typings that we've come up with today and talked about today uh, in lesbian and in the gay culture may just fade at some point. Yeah, I and think that they will. We'll I think just be that people. this like butch and high femme thing will not be such a deal. Do you have a prediction coming from a linguistics uh, point of view? So, I kind of do. Okay. Um, So, I do a lot of research in this area, right? Mm -hmm. And in the late 90s, the Journal of Homosexuality... We have a journal? Yeah, we have a journal! Oh, come on, journal! (laughs) Right? (laughs) The Journal of Homosexuality... Okay. um, ...had articles that said things like straight acting to describe a category of lesbian. Mm. And I cannot imagine using straight acting now. You know what's funny? I That term still kind of 
um, come up comes up in gay culture. Straight I find acting. that wildly offensive. I do find that so offensive in, in either court, yep. gay or lesbian. It's just totally. like straight acting. Like no. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's all a spectrum. Like take that out of here. Like that. I'm not right. here for that. Right. But so that is at least being marginalized mm-hmm. somewhat, and that's taken about 20 years. So I wonder if in about 20 years we won't see any more femme and butch stereotyping. Interesting. Now, I don't know if that's actually true because homogenous groups tend to like to differentiate themselves yeah. on as many parameters as they can. Uh, that's just human nature. That's human. <laughs> so, we know, like our things in a box. We sure do, and even once we're all in the same box together. I mean, we are. Yeah. We just have to like think of it that way. And I think... Culture is um, moving, moving us in that direction, which yeah. is exciting to yeah, see. Yeah, it is. Totally exciting. All right. Well, I feel super informed and so woke, as the kids say. <laughs> as that generation says. Yes, as those, those, those kids, those, the children. Um, and I had so much fun talking about all this with yeah, you, Michelle. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. I feel like I've learned a lot also. About platinum gaze. Oh, the platinum gaze, yes. <laughs> if you find one, you know, tell them my name. We, we have a club. <laughs> do you have a Facebook group? We do. It's a secret one. You have to, mm. It's invite only. <laughs> uh, do you, uh, what social media handles can we follow? You or your, of course, your podcast. Phone. So we just started an Instagram for our podcast. Okay. So please follow us at subtextpod. Subtext pod, got it. Um, you can follow me at Michelle McSweeney. <laughs> um, there's some punctuation in there, but there's not too many Michelle McSweeney's. I will, of course, link this all in the info. And all right, well, Michelle, thanks again. This was yeah. awesome. Thank you. This was a great conversation. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Michelle McSweeney, for joining me on the podcast today. I had so much fun, and I feel super informed. Just saying, all you gays out there that thought it was just butch and lipstick, there are a whole bunch of other lesbians, so don't just put them in those two boxes. Also note that maybe one day we'll just all be in one big box having a cocktail and kiki and whatnot. (laughs) If you want to follow Michelle uh, on social media, Find her on Instagram at Michelle McSweeney. And of course, follow her podcast. Listen to her podcast, Subtext, the podcast, uh, at Subtext Pod. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at PPL2006. Or if you want to follow along with the podcast on Instagram at Memoirs of Agasian Pod. And what else do I got for you? Oh, I finally updated my website. You can check out peterperrylam.com for more info about potential performances. You'll see videos of my cabaret show uh, and whatnot. But yeah, super fun. Until next time, peace out.